With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to week three of the Foot Weekly podcast and uh, this is a gameplay episode. Plenty of gameplay tips I'm sure in this one and uh, we have with us once again uh, Japes. Hello, welcome back. Hello Ben, happy to be back. I don't know if I'm going to be the ultimate gameplay authority at this point. I was feeling a little bit lost earlier in the week but I might have found something so eager to uh, run through it. Yeah, let's let's get into it. And we also have, as you probably expect at this point, uh, he's gone four for four so far, I think in terms of podcast since launch, or maybe six for six even, is Josh Excels. Hello. Yes, yeah, good to be on. I'm, uh, I'm enjoying the gameplay right now, which is just a nice thing to say about uh, mm. an EA-made football game. Which yeah, says a lot considering we've been playing some co-op. <laughs> uh, and uh, let's introduce our final guest. Good to have him back. It's been a while. He was previously known as FIFA Analyst when he was last on, but now he is Alex B. Hello, welcome. Well, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it's been a bit of a bit of a change since then. Obviously now with Alex B, but I'm excited to talk gameplay on FC24. Same as Josh, been enjoying it and lots to dive into. Yeah, it certainly is. We're going to start with not exactly some gameplay tips, but some player reviews. So I'd be interested to hear from our panel here who we've been enjoying using or maybe not enjoying using as well. Um, uh, Alex, let's start with you as uh, the uh, special guest on this one. Who would you uh, want to put forward as a, as a review? Now, it's a little bit on the expensive side, um, but I pack him every year and I've carried on that tradition. <laughs> so I've got to talk about him, Marcus Rashford. We were very fortunate yeah. to pack him the other day and I think he's just an absolute demon. He's just so strong, good on the ball, got the five-star skill moves. He's the first player I've used actually in my like normal team with five-star skill moves. So that was quite a nice addition mm. early on. And I just think this year he's, he's a bit of a joke, really. He's really good. So people have, you know, 250K lying around then Rashford, but yeah, if you want a cheaper option, I'll throw Kolo Mouani out there as well, if I'm allowed. Nice. Actually, that makes me think we had this question from Flintrem, which was, which skill moves are good for using in the penalty area? And obviously you mentioned the first five-star skill you've used, uh, but it feels like dribbling is pretty strong this year, and actually there's not so much need maybe for, for skill moves to create space in the box, but are the particular ones that you've been using you felt have been effective? Yeah, I think I found that actually that because dribbling's so good, I've actually, uh, I was trying to do a video on skill moves and then I was going through all my, my files and was like, I don't actually have that much on skill moves because I'm not doing that many because I'm just dribbling yeah. my way through. But I mean, like with Rashford coming in, the reverse Alasco obviously kind of kind of came through. The McGeady cancel as well was were really good with that. Um, but another one that obviously a lot of people tend, tend to revert to is the hill to ball roll. I think that's still very effective. So, But yeah, I, I'll be honest, for me, I'm a bit of a boomer. I'm not really as good on the sticks as I used to be. So <laughs> left stick dribbling is what I rely on. 
Yeah, the Hilda Ball role was really good last year, really good this year, and it feels like one of those ones that might just stay effective, so it's probably worth worth learning if you haven't done so. Um, and it's really easy, isn't it? You just hold L1 forward backwards. Anyway, let, let's do some more player reviews, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll come to you, Jabe. So who have you been using uh, that you've enjoyed or not enjoyed? A couple of players I've enjoyed. I was fortunate to pack uh, Robert Lewandowski, and he is very, very good. Um, I think I prefer him to Alex Morgan. Uh, who I'd been using previously. And then defensively, I packed Ruben Diaz as well. I got like the double walkout with those two in a pack, which was kind of fun. His like strength plus makes him so good. I uh, was not like really expecting that, but like if he gets into a tackle situation, he just sort of like wins it. And I him feel like I'm gonna have a hard time getting him out of the team. And then if you're looking for a cheap left back, uh, Grimaldo from Leverkusen is awesome. Yeah, we've been using him on No Chem on the pod RTG, Josh, and he's been pretty good. He's just solid. He's just a brilliant all-rounder. Like, on the ball, he's very good. His crossing, because he's got the whipped pass as a play style, and he's solid in a position where it's very difficult to get solid players. I just feel like wing-back this year is... there's. There's not very many that are like elite. There's a lot that will do a job, but there aren't too many that are that you really notice them. And and he he stands out, I think, because he is noticeable. Yeah, I, I like didn't. I figured I would get away, not get away, but like I thought felt like the women were pretty good at outside back. And I've since switched to Grimaldo and even using like Carvajal, and I concede a lot less goals. Hmm. And I don't know if that's like a size or a strength thing or like where it plays. But, you know, my my two center backs, like I put in Ruben Diaz who instead of Hummels, which I would say they feel like pretty comparable. But the outside backs have been kind of like the big change and or the bigger change. And it's not like I got like two world beaters in even within Carvajal and Grimaldo, but they are like making the difference for me. And so it makes me feel very much like I need uh, need more more size and strength around the pitch than I've been using previously. Yeah, yeah. How have you been feeling about say women's defensive players? Uh, I guess we're saying women's. I mean, I guess what we mean is shorter, less physical players at uh, fullback. Alex, uh, I think it's something that a lot of people don't think about all too much in the sense of so whenever someone says, "Oh, you know, I'm running this fullback," so inform Lamptey's one of the players that people keep. You know, kind of put in and at fullback. And my my concern is is that if you play anyone that uses a little bit of going, okay, where's the weakness in their team when it loads up? Okay, Lamptey, not very tall. I've got, like Japes just said, Lewandowski. All I would do if I was playing against you is just play a lock onto Lewandowski and just move Lewandowski to the back stick up against Lamptey and just cross the ball in time and time and time again. And to me, it's just like simple maths. If a player's five foot four and the opponent going up against it is like six foot one or even like five foot ten and they just have equal jumping equal strength you're just gonna win those headers with ease so i think you have to be very mindful of it i think at the lower level it's not as big of an issue because most players aren't you know going oh there's lampty not very tall i'm gonna put that in at the back post and kind of have success there mm. so at the lower level you can probably get away with it a little bit more i'd say but then at the higher level you definitely can't you're not going to see you know too many like smaller fullbacks being played like in in the higher divisions but then also i think an area where fullbacks that aren't as strong definitely going to struggle at the minute is the game is very much driven right now down on the byline 
you know, so many people run to the byline, look for the cutback, run to the byline, look for the cutback. That's what they want all the time. Yeah. So if you have a fullback that isn't that strong, if Rafael Leal is going to be running down the wing past your fullback and you've got a fullback that's five foot six and, you know, only has 60 strength, there is no way you can stop Rafael Leal from just controlled sprinting, running down towards you towards the byline. So it's certainly something to, to keep an eye on. I personally don't run smaller fullbacks or, or weaker fullbacks in the strength department purely just because of those reasons. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And one thing, uh, talking about controlled sprint, I found interesting is that I've been using Griezmann and uh, Diani, who I've had a lot of success controlled sprinting with. They both have technical, I believe, just a regular play style, which does improve their controlled sprint. But I was like, right, well, I should get Dabinia because she has technical plus, which is even better. And, you know, she's got really good uh, stats as well. But I actually found her a lot worse, it felt like, with controlled sprint. And mm-hmm. I was wondering whether that was because she was a bit slower, but actually Griezmann is actually slower than her, both with Hunter. And maybe what I was putting it down to then is almost like there's something about the level of control that players have controlled sprinting with the regular controlled sprint that means that they actually move a little bit faster, or even just the size of the player, because both the Arnie and uh, Griezmann are a bit bigger their strides are longer and therefore they, I guess, need less touches to go past someone, basically. And I was wondering, has anyone else found that with Technical Plus? Because I've only used Abinia so far, so if anyone's used a Technical Plus player who's not as small, I'd be interested to know. I've got to say, there's a stat that I think has gained a lot of importance this year because I found the same with Insigne when I was completing some MLS objectives. He's got Technical play style and his R1 dribbling is not very good. And I had noticed the same with Dabinia on my main account when I used her. And I think it's reactions. Like, Mm. there's obviously, we don't exactly know how a lot of the stats interact with each other, but the only common thread I can get between the technical dribblers who are unbelievable and the technical dribblers who just don't have that extra gear or that extra level is reactions. You know, both Griezmann and Diani... I think Diani's 88, 87, and mm. Griezmann's up in the 90s, but Insigne and Dabinia are down in the mid-70s. And I just wonder if that's having an effect of how quickly they're putting their foot on the ball, like how quickly mm. they can react to you changing directions. And I know that's not how traditionally I think of reactions being like reacting to what I'm doing, but with new things in the game and new features, it's there's a, there's a kind of working out how they interact with different stats is something that I'm not sure we've necessarily got to yet. We're just working out what play styles are and what they do and, you know, what combination of those are good. But I, I do wonder if there's something to be said for that. Yeah. Well, actually, Japes, one of the things the gameplay producer said to us in an interview was that reactions changes the playback speed of animations, right? Mm-hmm. So that would possibly make perfect sense if it is used for dribbling animation playback speed, then... Yeah, uh, that could totally be it. And yeah, Dabinia does have surprisingly low reactions for her rating and kind of other stats, actually. So yeah. Right, before we move on from players, anyone else people want to mention? I've I've got to give a shout out, PodRTG, GOAT right now. Mm. And uh, an SBC that was roundly pilloried when he was released, but is probably going to get an upgrade now after they won yesterday, is Andre Silva, Road to the Knockout. He is very, very good, like surprisingly good, and is changing the way I'm thinking about 
my strikers in the game. Like, obviously, this isn't an elite striker. This isn't going to be removing those, like, Griezmann-level attackers from your team. But, I mean, some of this is squad battles, not all of it. And this isn't, like, squad battles where we're scoring 20 goals a game. This is, like, squad battles against world-class trying, world class and legendary trying to get those 5-0 wins. He's got 55 goals and 19 assists in 39 games and is always big for us in rivals mm. matches. There's something about his size and his dribbling as well, specifically, is very, very good and then absolutely deadly when he takes a shot. So one that for 82, 83, and 84, 80 squad, which I think lots of people will get from, you know, duplicate fodder essentially over the next few days from rivals rewards, uh, champs qualifying, and then champs rewards. I he he might be one worth adding to the club because if he gets that double upgrade up to an eighty-seven, I really think he could be something quite special. The thing to to add on to him as well is the fact that yeah, for most people he probably won't make it to start on eleven, but from the bench he's coming on with ninety composure, which at the start of the game is a joke. He has eighty-eight shot power, and then he also has eighty-seven short passing, so he's coming on with no chemistry style. So he's already got good passing for a striker like that's elite. And then, like I mentioned earlier on, if you're playing against, you know, maybe smaller defenders, you're getting a player that's coming on that's six foot one, that's got a good jump in at 97, decent aggression, good heading accuracy. You can see why you're probably having a bit of success with him. Yeah, 89 reactions as well. We were just talking about reactions, so that's pretty good. Um, yeah, no, definitely worth another mention. Okay, we, we've talked about them a bit, but it's time to talk once again about play styles, as you can imagine. Uh, before we do that, though, uh, let's take a quick break. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back. After the break. So Splashy Sip was asking what playstyles are the pod enjoying slash finding most useful so far. For me, the Finesse Shot Plus is by far the best. So good, in fact. I have two slash three of my attackers that have it in Hyungmin Son and Salah. Do you think it will get patched as well? And will that be positive or negative for the game? I believe having a mechanic to score from outside the box is crucial or else we will see more packed boxes like previous years. And as a PSA, I do time all my shots and that seems to greatly increase the effectiveness of the shots from deeper. 
Yeah, Alex, from your perspective, obviously Fineshot's pretty strong with that Playstyle Plus and outside the foot. I mean, it's pretty good again this cycle. Do you agree with uh, his point here that it's good to have something that is threatening from outside the box? Yeah, you definitely can't go to a game where, you know, shots outside the box are just so rare you know, mm. to even fall in the back of the net. I think you've definitely got to have some form of threat, whether that's from a power shot, a Travella, a finesse shot or anything like that. I think that is good for the game to have that threat purely because, you know, if, if you show earlier on in the game, okay, I'm going to go for a finesse shot. If you give me the room and you back off, I'm going to go for a power shot. The opponent then has to change their kind of play style against you. They have to come out and press you because they know if they give you that room, you're going to go for it. And, and like you've said there with Son, you give him that time and room and if you green time it, he's I would back him to score probably 8 out of 10 with that finesse shot plus play style with how strong it is. So you just can't, you know, give the, the opponent that sort of room. That is good for the game, in my opinion, because it then hopefully does mean that, you know, we're not seeing 10 people behind the ball. People are stepping up, being a little bit more aggressive, which obviously then that means if they're being a little bit more aggressive, there's room to them playing behind and, and work the ball and get into the 18-yard box and score, you know, quote-unquote easier goals. So having that threat is definitely needed with regards to play styles and, and how good they are for the game and, you know, do we think they are good, bad and are they going to be touched and whatnot? Some of them are a little bit too strong, in my opinion. Like, mm. we saw that at Splash, he said that, yeah, he's timing all the shots, but even with Son, when I've been testing him, if you even if you don't time them, they still tend to really test the goalkeeper. So I don't know. I think they're good uh, and they're bad in kind of both ways, but definitely good to have an element of, of threat from range. Yeah, I think my problem with finesse shot and you could say the same for Travella shots as well, is that unlike a power shot, you've got to wind up the power shot. So yeah, as someone defending it, you have a bit of time to react. Whereas some of the finesse shots, you can just take like first time from angles that you mm. wouldn't expect to be having to try and block it from. And it, it just feels a little bit less natural, less like a deterrent and more like a, a sort of standard approach to playing the game, if that makes sense, rather than being something people need to resort to if the defense is really packed. So I don't know. I, yeah, I think as you're saying, it's just a little bit too far. But um, on to his question about you know effective play styles, I'd be interested to ask actually instead, are there any play styles that people feel just aren't really that useful? Because I feel like most of them are actually pretty useful. And I mean, off the top of my head, slide tackle. Perhaps not the most useful one. Oh, um, or is someone? I don't know. I like, I oh, like yeah? the slide okay. tackle. Oh, well, okay. well, go for it. Yeah, I mean, defend slide tackle. You think it's good? I, I like it a lot. I actually think it's really strong. I was using Delit at the start of the game with it, and he was super good with them. Mm. I think the one which I think is basically wasted as a plus version. It's good enough as a as a base version. Is relentless. I uh, okay. have been testing Bellingham. I'm not seeing a difference between players that have the silver, you know, the base version, and players that have the plus. Like, Bellingham, if he didn't have that relentless, let's say he had it as, like, silver, and he had, like, a passing play style instead as his plus, I think that would make him such a better item. But because he has that relentless plus, I feel like that one's actually a little bit wasted. I'd rather that just be a base version, if it was me. Yeah. Another one that feels like a bit of a waste is the flare plus, play style plus. It's just mm. a bit, like... You might perform an extra fancy flick, but it's not going to have a massive effect. Yeah, the trickster plus as well. Like, it seems crazy for me to say this. It's it's fun and it's it's decent, but it, I don't think it's going to be you know that game changing compared to some of the others. Also, acrobatic. I want to say maybe also not the most useful. I don't know whether Japes you have. Uh, well, we've probably gone through most of the ones that aren't so useful, but I don't know if there's one that I'd say isn't useful. I would. I'm going to give a shout out to the first touch plus one. Mm. 
I finally decided to use that lone uh, Alexia Pateas. Mm. I mean, obviously she has like great stats, so let's not put it all on that. But was truly shocked at how good that her first touch was. Like it was noticeably better and it allows you to turn and do different things in the midfield that I found myself being like, you know what? That uh, Lippmann and Hero card has it for like 50K, I think he's going to get a run in the system mm. because I have to, like I need to see how, how, the way I feel about it because I think I lose possession a lot because I I feel like I can do something with the first touch and I'm not able to do it. But with her, I was able to like spin around the way I feel like I used to be able to in some like previous FIFA games and just like go. So I'm going to give a shout out to that one as like a, uh, under the radar one. I don't think people are like talking about the same way yet. Yeah, I agree. There aren't that many sort of traditionally usable gold cards with it either, right? It's Pateas, Mares, and Tiago, I want to say, who are like mm -hmm. the, the only gold rares. So and Tiago for, and is pretty good too. I've used him. I have used him, yeah. I packed mm -hmm. him untradeable and I've brought him on as just like a substitute player and he feel like he's noticeable, mm. which I think is like a not what you're expecting given his like stats. Yeah. In terms of uh, the other end of the spectrum, Alex, any particular ones that you wanted to mention? In terms of ones that I like, um, I've been liking the PowerShot Plus on Rashford. Uh, I think the time frame to get that one off is probably a little bit too quick. I think mm. that one's uh, super strong. You, you've kind of already mentioned it, but technical as well. But the one that I'd kind of throw out there as very good uh, is Bruiser and Anticipate with advanced defending. Yeah, Bruiser's great. Yeah, with advanced defending and having them on and being able to just shoulder barge people out of the way, going back to that byline talk. I used Bremer yesterday for the first time and he has that and they're just so physically strong. It means almost any attacker just can't get past them when, when you use that correctly. Mm, and uh, that's not even a plus right on Bremer, I don't think. No, it's a normal playstyle. I don't think Bremer's got a playstyle plus. Is it? Yeah. Jeez, that makes it even stronger then. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's the thing we were talking about this last week, that the playstyles themselves are still pretty strong, let alone the pluses. Mm. And actually, I know, Josh, you worked on a video for Net, which is basically a breakdown of what every playstyle actually does uh, because of those EA pitch notes. Uh, is there anything particularly that uh, you felt was worth mentioning after uh, going through that? It was interesting. Like, I, it, There's a few of them that we maybe didn't get bang on in the video you know the, the especially the heading play styles are quite difficult to really display and get a feel for aerial mm. and power header specifically you know aerial defensively is very good in terms of winning headers from corners because i feel like corners are very powerful this year but anticipate i i, I keep going back to it and you know raffle varan i've got on three separate accounts now and he's just like brilliant at assuming control of the ball it's just like it becomes his it's not a tackle and in a game where there's an awful lot of tackle bounce backs going on where you can tackle the player and somebody else picks it up it's very nice to feel like the ball is staying at your feet when you make a tackle mm. although the then press that happens afterwards means you've got to be quite careful about what you do with the ball now that it's suddenly at your defender's feet the Traveller playstyle plus feels a little bit wasteful the normal one's good and like Travella's shots from outside the box are very, very powerful, like on a similar level to the finesse shots with a finesse shot play style. 
But I, I, I mean, I keep going back to Whipped Cross because I, I really enjoy it. But Tiki Taka is one that I think once it starts being added to elite cards, I think we'll start seeing people begin to abuse it because when you get those quick passing movements going this year, they do look really nice and can kind of confuse defenses. And there's only a few players with Tiki Taka as a playstyle plus, but it is very noticeable when you can first time pass the ball, especially if you start then combining it with players who've got first touch or players who've got the pinged pass trait. It's it, it it can it can really open up opportunities that just have never been there before in the game because you haven't been able to execute with that level of precision. Know that the first touch is going to be good enough and like squeeze it into those gaps. So I think I think for me the biggest thing from from that video testing multiple players with the same playstyle was noticing how the other playstyles were interacting with it. You know, somebody that has a long ball pass and whipped pass is a much better crosser than somebody who just has whipped pass, which mm. kind of makes sense when you think about it. But it's, yeah, like I, there's there's little pieces like that that are beginning to fall into place. And there's several times I've gone, I wonder if they've got this as a play style because you you know you don't know every play style every player's got at the moment. And then you check and go, I, I could feel it. You could feel it in game. And it, it mm. very often is those kind of, I'm noticing the passing ones way more now than I was, say, last week. Yeah. And actually, uh, there's only, what, like four players with Tiki Taka Plus at the moment, which is kind yeah. of mad. Um, and that's one of those ones where it's going to be really beneficial once you have multiple players with that because, you know, you kind of need the other players to be able to do the Tiki Taka. So uh, I guess certain playstyles will become more beneficial when you have that combination. I think Neil last week was talking about first touch and ping and pass together and how that can be really helpful. So yeah, there's all these interesting combinations uh, that will be coming. Um, there's a question here which we had, which is very relevant to this actually. Uh, Contreras saying, do we think EA is going for an NBA 2K style power curve where player rating is so much less important than badges? brackets playstyles in 2k you can get a 99 rated player really early on in the cycle but they fall behind anyway as other 99 rated players are released with better animations alex do you think that's the the approach here i, I think they've definitely felt like they've pushed the power curve as far as it could go with stats previously and i guess this is a way of going beyond 99 without actually going beyond 99 yeah definitely i think you know i haven't played too much 2k but i know their kind of system that they have with, with badges and, and taking your ratings is pretty crazy uh, and the stuff that you need to do to to get that early on in the game but i think with playstyles now where my concern is is that they are going to add playstyles as the year goes on to obviously already increase cards. You know, obviously they're going to go up in rating throughout the year. We, we know that. And they can have up to three playstyle plus and then 10 silvers, which what I'm kind of getting a bit concerned about is they're going to follow real life for the team of the week items. So if, you know, someone doesn't have the finesse shot playstyle, but then scores an unreal finesse, they'll give them the finesse shot playstyle, whether it's the base, whether it's the plus, that's fine. But actual just normal promo items, could they just go, oh, you know what? We fancy giving this person quick step, even though they didn't, wouldn't really have that playstyle in real life. And we're just going to see items throughout the year get so crazy juiced. I think that's definitely going to happen. Yeah. And I think that's where I'm a little bit worried, really. <laughs> What's terrifying to me is it's going to become a case of like, well, you have to use this card if you want to score or if you want to defend. Mm. Mm. 
there's always been a meta, but it becomes so clear that there are like four or five specific players in specific spots that you have to use or else you're at a disadvantage because those players have managed to get two or three of the elite play styles comboed together. Yeah, I wonder whether they might, Josh, though, build on this over the years rather than just you know, by the end of the cycle maximizing the potential of play styles because with stats to some extent, they've also built it over time, I'd say, to the point at which we now need this to push things further. Yeah, I, I I definitely think that would be the case. I'm not sure as of yet if we've seen a player gain a play style, either plus or normal yet. Um, no. You know, we've had two Team of the Week squads and two, well, one promo squad. We're not really counting the Nike Mad Ready. Um, and we've had all of those squad foundations, which are kind of noticeable, the lack of play styles on the cards themselves. And, you know, even just having... The SBCs and Tuber App Bomb, the SBC's got one play style. Uh, same with Leroy Fur. I think he's, oh no, maybe Fur's got a few good play styles actually. So I, I, I definitely think it's something they will be cautious about doing and maybe will be only something that really changes as we get closer towards that kind of upper level of stats once we get into that kind of March onwards period where you do start needing a bit of differentiation between the the top ratings and other top rated cards. You know, in the past, it's been skill moves and weak foot. Then it, last year, it definitely felt like they moved towards traits, which which is a kind of preparation for playstyles, really. Mm. And, I, and I, I definitely feel that I would be surprised if they get it wrong with playstyles early in the game cycle. They may mess it up later in the cycle with playstyles um, by, you know, as you say, like adding something that just ends up making a broken player that you absolutely have to have. I think it's going to be an issue of balancing as well. You know, we we are yet to have a gameplay patch um, that will balance the playstyles out a little bit and we'll have to just see how it feels after that. I think as long as as long as they can make most playstyles about on the same level of utility, as long as you're using them correctly, I could see it being a case where we don't get to the point where you have to have two or three of these players. Mm. I, I, it, maybe that's a bit more hope than expectation, though. Yeah, we'll see. I think we should probably finish talking about playstyles there. It's something that we could probably talk for the whole podcast about, and I'm sure we'll talk about it very soon uh, again. And uh, let's take a break. Uh, we'll be back to talk about champs, actually, because the first one is this weekend, and also playoffs for those not yet going into champs. Hello, listener. An important thing to say here is that there's a 36,000 FC point giveaway going on on the Patreon, and not only that, but there's a free trial as well, so you can get access and listen to support episodes for a limited window, and then if you'd like to, you can continue to stay and support for just £3 a month, and you'll get double the podcast content. There really has never been a better time to support if you've been considering it doing so, and uh, the way you can find that is by just searching support for weekly or following the link in the description of this podcast. You can also go to bit.ly slash more pod. It'd be a pleasure to have you as a supporter of the pod. And if you consider doing so, a huge, huge thank you. Let's jump back into the podcast. Hello, welcome back after the break. Right, uh, we have the first champs this weekend and across the course of this week, people are likely to be trying to qualify or maybe, you know, they'll, they'll qualify in the near future. I want to start off with 
talking about tactics though, because I think a lot of people from what I've seen are not really sure what the best route to go down is. And obviously everyone should really pick tactics that suit their style of play or the way they want to play. Um, but Alex, are there any particular warnings you have for people in terms of tactics or particular uh, general setups you would recommend if people are, are wondering if there's a sort of, I guess, safe way to go into playoffs and champs? Yeah, I think at the start of the game, people get too caught up on, you know, what's the best tactic, the best formation? Like, it's simply not possible to say this is the best thing. You know, right now, the, the pros, you know, across the whole world have paid, I don't know, 50,000 plus games probably across them all. Like in a month's time, that's going to get so much bigger that we are going to narrow it down and start to figure out that this is what we should be running. You know, if you want to play the most meta, this is what we should be running and so on. Like it's too early to say that. So my advice always is to play formations and kind of setups that you're familiar with over the years. Like if you see me or someone else playing a 4-3-2-1 and you've never played it and you've been playing the 4-2-3-1 all the time that you've played on previous iterations of the game... Stick with what you're comfortable with because not only are you playing a new game where dribbling's better and controlled sprint and defending's a little bit harder, if you're trying to add a new formation into it, you're not used to how player switching would work in that formation, how attacking patterns work, the way you would play out from the press. So sticking to what you already know is what I would recommend, but there are a few things to kind of take into account. So this year, with the changes to basically depth, where if you run 45 depth or higher, you get more of an automatic AI press, which that can be good for some people. Some people want that kind of automatic press. If you don't want that, if you just run 44 depth, you stop that immediately. That's something that I've been testing and trialing, which can be a little bit more neutral for people. And then if you want to run the 71 depth, where you get the auto offside trap from last year, that's still there. But not only now do you get the auto offside trap, you also get the added AI press with it as well. And the stamina drain on it doesn't seem like it's there. So you kind of do have those options. And then for me, I think kind of more neutral setups are better than going crazy in your tactic system. Like if you want to go balanced and then direct passing or balanced, balanced, and trying to focus more so on you as the individual on how you want to play the game, whether you want to move the ball slowly, whether you want to look for crosses, triggering your runners, using creative runs, calling players short. That's where you should be focusing your attention on when you're going into champs, because in the long run, that will just get so much better for you and make champs playoffs. And then if you make it into the finals, it'll just make it so much easier for you. Yeah, very good advice. And, and James, in terms of tactics yourself, is there a particular formation you've kind of settled into or are you still exploring? Uh, I mean, I've tried a lot of different things. I think for 90% of the FIFA population, you're going to have the most success playing a 4-4-2. It seems to be supremely balanced this year. And the like ability to get wide and play back through the middle is very very strong so you know if you're if you're struggling mightily and you want to just like win games or start to feel more competitive like a 442 is a a really strong strong shout i think for me i have um become more extreme i guess i've i've started having success playing a 4335 like false nine and the big trigger for me was I bumped my width up over 71. It, it seemed too easy to defend previously, but since bumping that width up, I am having like a lot of success. Like I, I, I went away last weekend, but before I left, you know, last time we spoke, Ben, I think I was Division Four, mm. and I'm I like flew through Division Four, and most I'm through most of three right now. I think I've lost one game using it. And I played initially on like a, a higher, slightly higher depth. 
um, in that 70, like five range. But I have since gone to press on possession loss and 100 depth, slow build up direct passing, and just like the slow. So I will say, if you're struggling against the auto press, put slow build up on. And all you need to do is like kind of wait out the press. Mm-hmm. Like you can play back between your defenders and your keeper. And people do this thing in higher divisions. It's really frustrating to play against, but because there's like no real counter. But if you switch the ball from like full back to full back enough times, you're going to get a chance to easily pass the ball like wide to get a cutback. And so if you're struggling against that press, you can just start knocking balls, you know, whether it's your outside back, like your right back to your CDM over to your left back or right back straight to your left back, you can start to play these big cross field passes. And it opens the game like wide up. So I have, uh, I guess I've taken a different route, but it is a comfortable, you know, a, a variation of a four to three three is a comfortable setup for me. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see if it it pays off in the long run. Do I still struggle defending the four four two at times? Like, yeah, absolutely. The only way, to, like, the reason the four four two is so strong is because your opponents, like, kind of str- like right mid left mid, right back, and like striker. You can like overload the outside pretty easily. Mm. And oftentimes, if you step up at all with your outside back, you're toast. Mm. So if you're struggling against it, you can't you can't step with your outside back. You just can't. Yeah, and I think, Josh, the strength of wing play this cycle and also how easy it is to get caught out in the wide areas means playing narrow this cycle, I think is, is very difficult. Like a four one two one two narrow, for example. The middle of the park gets so congested. It, it just it does feel like attempting to play very narrow I, I, is going to cause you problems unless you are lightning quick reactions and, and are able to hold the ball well. I, I I definitely feel like some form of width is necessary, and in fact, this is the first year that I've had cover wing left on my midfielders. I, I've usually always changed them to cover center because that's always been the place I felt like I needed to defend. Whereas now it, it it kind of feels like just having that extra body drifting out wide, blocking a, a you know a pass inside or a pass back to a to a wing back is is more important than ever before. Mm. I mean, in terms of like formations, for me, there's a formation I've never really enjoyed and never used that. I'm really enjoying this year is 4411 uh with the center forward and I don't know mm. exactly what's causing it to be different to the 442 but it feels way more dynamic in attack than the 442 does you know 442 you can end up kind of flat on a back four with all four of your players just kind of being marked especially if somebody's playing the the 71 depth or higher and and is pushed up it can be quite difficult to feed a ball into attacker and and move the rest of the team up the pitch whereas in the 4411 I think because that other center forward is just off the striker and 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 kind of off that front line you can pass it into them they're usually in a little pocket of space and and it really creates some nice shapes on the pitch for you to kind of pass the ball mm. through and, and and work it either out wide or inside. Yep. One of the things I would say is despite cutbacks being like very overpowered and the, the wing play in general being very good, there's a pass that I feel like if I can play it is, you know, creates opportunities pretty much every time. And that's if you're running down the wing and can pass the ball into a striker in the middle, you know, even if they've got a defender on them, 
I don't know what happens, but the midfield of your opponent tends not to drop into press that that striker. You tend to then just be one-on-one with the centre-backs. And I feel like attacking dribbling is slightly easier than defending dribbling. So you can generally create good opportunities from it, especially if you have runners from midfield. Mm. I don't think there is the meta formation yet. I don't think that's that's occurred, but... It's the 4-4-2. Yeah, I feel like four three two one's like really good as well. No, four three two one's still strong, but it's because it defends like a four four two. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think you need your wingers to come back to defend this year. Yeah, and I should say if someone wants a four four two tactic, actually, Ranners has put one out on the foot.gg site. So if you go to foot.gg forward slash news, uh, it will be somewhere there fairly recently, and uh, you can try those tactics yourself. They're very good. Right, uh, I was going to ask you, Alex, actually about champs, not tactics related, but any particular tips, especially as defending has been so difficult, that you might have for listeners going into those games. Uh, yeah, when it comes to defending, I think for a lot of the player base right now, being a little bit more passive is kind of the go-to I'd recommend. So I'm quite an aggressive defender myself. You know, if you play the ball into your striker, I'm switching to my centre-back, I'm stepping up, I'm trying to get in your face, I'm trying to get you to turn back, face your own goal, hustle to try and win the ball back. I think with how strong dribbling is, it's so easy for someone to turn you that if you just try and jockey and step into that lane, you can get turned super easily. So when you switch to your defenders, I think trying to keep them goal side, try and keep them in that back line, whatever formation it is that you're playing and be a little bit more passive. Focus mm-hmm. on trying to bring back your midfielders, using your second man press to, to kind of help enable that. That can be good. And then when the ball is there to be won, stepping in, going for the R1 circle tackles, the, the, the power tackle can be quite useful as well. Just to basically say, if I'm not winning the ball, I'm taking the player with me. So then you can knock them off balance and it just kind of slows down in that attack a little bit as well. And I think more specifically to champs, I think people can obviously get a little bit caught up at times with the rewards and, you know, the fear of missing out and not hitting the rank. The advice that I kind of give to everyone when it comes to champs is that the game that you are playing at that moment is the most important game of your FC24 like cycle this year. It is the most important but then once it's done, it's the least important. And what I kind of mean by that is focusing on the game, give yourself the time to pause, think about tactical changes, think about what you could do better in this game, have a drink of water, do your best that you can to try and win that match. But then once it's done, don't dwell on it for the next like two hours and be upset that you might have lost in the 90th minute and you know you, you didn't get that rank that you wanted or something because it's been and gone. All you can do is learn from it, maybe look back on your mistakes but then move on and switch back on into the next game and focus on that. And, and that's something that I think can can help throughout the course of the year because Champs rolls around every weekend and it's going to be there for you for the next 365 days. So don't worry if you don't hit the rank or you don't qualify for Champs. There's plenty of FC24s we made. The rewards in Champs in themselves are hit and mess at times. Obviously, we've got the new reward system, which we'll see how that goes. But definitely take it with a a bit of a pinch of salt I think in each time that you play for what it's worth that's basically the advice that, like Tiger Woods advice on golf it's like your next <laughs> shot is the only shot that matters yeah. and like once it's done that's it like that yeah. take each game as it comes etc cetera, etc cetera. great well I think I'm pretty much ready to wrap up there I think and uh, Alex we should um, point people towards your streams you're streaming you're on YouTube and you also do a podcast which is sort of more interview with one guest I suppose and uh, I believe in the past you interviewed friend of the pod Richard Buckley right? Yeah we did indeed if you want to hear Richard Buckley talk about his story and I'm going from anxious as a teenager 
been quite nervous about speaking in, in public and to thousands of people to obviously now doing what he does, which is commentate to hundreds of thousands of people across the whole world. Then you can come and listen to that, hear his story. It's a great episode and the podcast is called Let's Talk FC. Nice, great stuff. Uh, and, and also, I guess, you know, people can catch you on Twitter, right? Yes, if you have any questions about anything, you can come and ask me on Twitter at AlexBOfficial and I'll do my best to help out. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Alex. It's been great to have you on. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure. And Josh as well. Great to have you on too. Uh, we should get a quick update on the pod RGG, that road to 1 million coins. It's been a full week. So yeah, how's it going? Uh, it surprisingly well. Um, I mean, not surprisingly well. It's going about as well as I, I thought it would go. But obviously we've only had squad battles rewards since we started in terms of kind of the big, what I would expect to be like coin injections to, to get us up towards that million. Um, but as it is, we worked it out last night. We're on about 165,000 coins from just what we've done so far. We've probably front-loaded a little bit in terms of the hours. I think we're up to about 22 hours right now. And so it will be a case of like, we'll have played more in the first week, in release week, which I think is probably natural for what people would do. And then row back as we get into the later weeks where we're really we're just getting our eight wins in rivals, getting into champs, you know, completing our squad battles we're in division six on the final milestone we've played quite a lot of co-op together to do that as i said on the final milestone i meant on the final checkpoint uh we're so we're almost into division five which i think is where we're going to stay for rivals rewards and then we're we're once we get there we'll be qualified for champs qualifying which we'll probably do tomorrow and then you know as long as we get in which we should do we'll be uh we'll be onto our like as getting rewards then every kind of couple of days so we've got um obviously rivals rewards will be tomorrow that'll be the first set of those champs we're probably looking to complete it on saturday and then we'll get squad battles rewards on sunday and uh, you know if the coin balance isn't comfortably over three hundred thousand coins i'll be i'll be fairly surprised yeah it's been it's been going pretty well it's been the, the, it's amazing how the coins actually do rack up if you avoid forfeiting tradable value actually and that's yeah what the experiment has been about um for people who want continuous updates on that there's a channel in the supporter discord we're occasionally doing a little bit of uh, streaming in there as well so if you are a gold or above supporter then do jump into that discord if you need help on how to do that you can go to bit.ly slash pod discord help and of course if you fancy supporting the pod getting an extra podcast every single week then you can do that just search support for weekly uh, your support would be greatly appreciated uh, just as appreciated as japes appearance on this podcast uh, japes thank you very much for joining us cheers ben been a pleasure chatting learned a few things maybe yeah learned a few things here or things worth trying out or checking mm. out so there's with the play styles and everything there's so much to like explore still yeah. and this year feels like a new, you know, the addition of all the women's players and all the different play styles. We don't know what the combos are going to feel like yet. So just a lot of a lot of stuff still ahead. Yeah, definitely. Well, great. Well, thank you very much to all you listeners tuning in. If you're catching this on YouTube, then do subscribe, you know, leave a like, drop a comment, all that helpful stuff. And you can also subscribe on the various different podcast platforms. It's been a pleasure to have you and a big, big thank you to all the supporters keeping this podcast going, including those icon patrons. Dave B, Hugh J, Coach Vass, DJ FIFA player, Alan G, Alistair, Anthony R, Dominic P, Rob P, Jeff B, Michael K, Dave B, Hugh J, Darren W, Alistair M, Don P, Rob P, 
Jeff B, Damon H, Tom B, Adam G, Neil P, Alex M, Jake S, Dan W, Roger D, Lee A, Andrew C, Nishant, Waterman, Dylan H, Adam R, Rob L, Brendan W, Michael K, David G, Jimmy K, Michael B, Aditya S, and Joshua K. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you, just one more thing to add, though. FIFA's a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and its many downs. If you're having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, support, or even just a friendly chat for anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, have a good one, and I'll catch you on the next podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.